The deal is this. <laughs> tell you, when I was a kid that read Dropper Anton Wilson on his wheel. <laughs> tell you, when I was a kid that read Dropper Anton Wilson on his wheel. The Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I talk about comic books. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a first episode of what we're calling, or what I've been calling, season two of Days of Future Cast. So we, if you're listening to this for the first time, the previous 83 episodes were all about TV shows and movies in the Marvel Universe, mostly related to X-Men. And uh, X Men Evolution broke us. It was so bad that we we, we retired from the from the scene. Uh, it, it ethered us, if you will. Uh, but yeah. now we are covering comic books, and uh, we're going to start with the great, great new X Men run from Grant Morrison. Gary, how are you doing today, my man? I'm all right. I've got a cough. Uh oh. I'm going to hope not to cough uh, on the recording. I will. You know, uh, uh, I'll get my marker key button ready to go. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. The uh. So speaking of X Men Evolution. Now that Disney Plus is a thing, um, I've seen a bunch of like listicles, like what to watch now that you have Disney Plus. And X Men Evolution is showing up on like multiple ones of these lists. Yep, can't wait. And <laughs> all these paragraphs about like what's good about it, and it's real weird. Like a bunch of them are like <clears throat> talking about how it has visual references from Buffy, yeah, and stuff. And I'm like, man, like that's not not a reason to watch a show. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks like a bad version of this other thing that you don't that you like yeah, is a weird yeah. is a weird sell. Uh, I uh, the only one of those that I've seen is the AV Club article that uh, I know mm-hmm. our good friend Will Hughes from the uh, Everything to Guppy podcast um, had contributed to. Although I don't think he's the one that picked out X Men Evolution, and uh, and that mm-hmm. article was very much in that vein. Like it talked about the Buffy thing. It talked about mm-hmm. how it the, it was centered on the kids in high school like it, which sometimes the comics and the tv shows and the movies can kind of not do and, it, and yep. it had a few more points but never once said that it was good <laughs> like never yeah, once said it was like gave a, a point for like a reason to watch the show like it was re- a really weird really paragraph weird. it's it's a super weird it's weird it's weird I, th- I think that like some people are going to go back to it now that it's readily available and really dig it of course sure uh, i think a good number of people are going to go back to it and wish that it had stayed quarantined in the past where all of our childhood stuff should generally stay. I had a friend DM me. Um, they DM me like in the middle of the night. So they have, they were weird schedule, but so we, we DM each other vile shit on the internet. And a lot of it's X-Men related. Cause that's something that we have in common. Um, and they sent me a, a tweet that was literally just a uh, small video of, um, do you remember very early on in X-Men evolution where Wolverine scents Sabretooth while he's fixing the bike and then just appears on a roof somewhere. And then Sabretooth's yeah. <laughs> skull motorcycle with the giant flag, you know, all of that yeah. happens. And they said, they were like, I don't know what's happening here. This is terrible. And I'm like, Oh yeah, let me tell you about the end of season one. I have yeah. screenshots. <laughs> do you know how there's, Scott there's... Summers and Alex Summers are brothers? Let me tell you a yeah. story. <laughs> let me tell you a story of two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um uh but we, we are uh luckily we're putting that behind us at least uh for a while 
Um, and we're going to start with, uh, you know, like we as you mentioned, uh, Grant Morrison's run on New X-Men. It's ostensibly Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley, even though Frank Whiteley uh, gets rotated out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens a lot with Grant Morrison. Like he starts with a, an artist that cannot keep up a schedule. Um, so they end up subbing people out. And that's probably the worst thing about the run. Yes. Uh, to me, is some inconsistent art. I uh, And the some of the times that the person and I haven't got there in my reread yet, uh, but sometimes mm-hmm. the. I, I, in my memory, I remember being that like substantially worse and like not liking the art, but still like sticking with it because I love the story so much. Like I love the stuff that mm-hmm. Grant Morrison was doing with all of these characters and things. Um, I want to ask you, I, I, um, I feel bad. I've been an extremely busy boy lately uh, and I meant to research this for this podcast and I just ran out of time. Do you know what the history of the X-Men were like leading into this? Uh, like, do you know, like even a general idea of what, what it would have been happening? Um, you can say no, not really. and, I, and I'll just yeah, okay. I, I, yeah, not not really. So the the most recent thing I'd read before this, um, and sorry for people listening, I keep clearing my throat. I've got congested. Um, is there was a and it's referenced in this, um, but there was a run by Joe Casey uh, that I read that kind of dealt with the X Men being um, operating kind of as a corporation, um, where Banshee was kind of part of this like weird kind of proto fascist uh x-men kind of thing um i remember reading it i don't think joe casey is always horrible um i've read some stuff by joe casey i I liked but this was not good okay so i knew that was going on and i knew that um this whole thing is part of like a pretty big push that was happening at marvel specifically with the x brand um this came out around the same time that ecstatics came out Mm -hmm. the relaunch of x-force with peter milligan which i also i love dearly um it is they them getting uh chris claremont back okay was a really big deal. Um, he did a comic called Extreme X-Men, which crosses over uh, with this book at some point um, and is embarrassing. Oh, uh, <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it, is a, it is an embarrassing fucking book. It is so boring. Uh, it is like one of the most boring and every arc is like, here's villains who mind control the heroes. At some point, like lady characters becoming like, subservient slaves like at some point i'm like oh this is definitely a kink and we just didn't see it during the phoenix stuff but now that it's happening like twice a year uh in extreme x-men good lord Interesting. Um, okay so it was part of a big x push um after the uh the brand was a little bit stagnant uh the like, most recent thing i might read as i mentioned was that, that joe casey did. so for me i had i had pretty much left comic books and I, i've told this story i think to you and to i don't know various podcasts but like uh i had left comic books for a long 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 time like just looked back found girls found video games like let's do that mm-hmm. instead um fuck comic books when I, autumn and i got married uh we a friend had gifted me sandman and mm-hmm. uh, and i had never read sandman i know it's old as shit but in like 2004 i started reading sandman for the first time and got to going to our local comic book shop and it kind of became our saturday things she would go to the barn i would play video games she would come home take a shower we'd go to the comic book shop buy three or four trades and then like go next door to the fish and chips place and like eat fish and chips and read comic books great day Mm -hmm. um and that is where i found new x-men like i hadn't read any x-men stuff ever basically like from like the 90s essentially and going directly from that into Grant Morrison's new X-Men was like, what the fuck has been going on? Mm-hmm. And it's a feeling that I got. Um, and I think I've talked about this before as well, but I've got the same kind of feeling watching the animated series as a kid of, cause I, I didn't have that regular schedule. Like there was no streaming. Like if I was just lucky enough to catch it, whenever Fox wanted to give it to me, like that's when I watched it. And 
seeing them out of order and like kind of weird just made me think that I was missing all of this other stuff. And so like it's those two memories are like kind of locked in my mind together, which is an interesting place, I think, to start with this new season of Days of Future Cast, just because it's just like we started the original season with the animated series. Yeah, kind of. There's already a status quo. Yeah, exactly. And and this, you know, this is issue 114 of a comic. (laughs) Exactly. And and that comic is the spinoff of another comic that is like on issue like 500 Mm -hmm. at this point, like in the early 400s. Right. So like it is an old comic. Um, and one of the things I really love about the run, um, kind of segueing into like its strengths in a general sense before we get into the nitty gritty is that I think that Grant Morrison is really deft at, uh, folding that stuff in and taking the most important part. So, uh, during this, like, you know, we should, we should probably talk about the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe this will be like an intro episode where we kind of just talk about the run in general before we get into it. Maybe so. We'll want yeah, to feel yeah. this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, one of my favorite, this is my favorite, uh, treatment of Cyclops in, in any media. Like, this is the best Cyclops, I think. Um, and one of the things I love about how Grant Morrison handles him is right before this, he had done a thing called the Twelve, uh, which was uh, Cyclops got taken over by Apocalypse. Apocalypse was looking for 12 very powerful mutants. They kind of merge into a thing. It was a very classic. I think it's like a Scott Lobdell. Okay. Sorry. Um, really, really kind of old school. And uh, Grant Morrison takes that and he's like, what's the interesting thing about this? It's not, you know, who those other 11 mutants were or the continuity uh, kind of stuff or like what happened to Apocalypse or what that status quo was. It's what emotional effect does somebody with Scott Summers history, somebody who is like super wound up very tight, um, who is like a Boy Scout, essentially. What does having, you know, the most evil entity in the world in your head do to it? Exactly. And this whole run, we're going to be dealing with his fallout from that. And it has major repercussions, like things that are still felt today. Like the whole, the romance with, with Emma Frost is from that, mm-hmm. you know, like the, the fact that the, those two ended up getting together comes from this idea of like, what if this, the ultimate boy scout, like kind of took this walk on a wild side, you know? And, and I think that Grant Morrison is very good at taking what the like emotional core or the most interesting part of this continuity stuff is. And, you know, just really, really emphasizing that, you know, do, do we need, what is the most interesting thing about the Shi'ar? Is it their, you know, decades of back politics and brothers and sisters betraying each other and the rules of becoming super guardians. According to George R. 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 Martin. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. read my new or, CR like, history book in stores. Now yeah. winds of winter yeah. coming soon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, or is it solar winds of winter? The, the Shi'ar crossover. <laughs> the um, it, Or is it like, Hey, this is just a, an incredibly technologically advanced space race. Like it's just a space empire. It doesn't really, the actual like individual details of it matter less than its kind of purpose. Like it's, it's blocking, you know, how that is useful and interesting to our characters that actually exist on earth. And that's, I feel like that, uh, that's one of the reasons I like this book so much is because I, I definitely feel like I'm missing some like valid context, but at the same time, I feel like the book has given me exactly the amount of context that I need to go forward. Like there's references to in the very beginning of the book of like beast having evolved further away from a human than he already was. But like, I don't need to know the, like if it's a, if that's a minister, sinister genetic plot, whatever, like I just need to know that he's changing and he's dealing with that. And exactly. That's the, like, we, like, we get him reacting to it. Exactly. Like we don't, as as yeah. a as a character as a person right like yes. as 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 a mutant as a superhero as a as as a doctor as a, all these things and as also just as a person like as we see his love life kind of crumble at, throughout this totally thing. and it yeah. makes and it, people around him yeah and it gets weaponized against him by the villain mm-hmm. and it's holistic like it's a holistic change it's not um 
you know, arbitrary. It's not continuity wanking. Exactly. You know, it, yeah. it you know, and it's, it, uh, and all of the changes are like that because one of the things that, you know, Grant Morrison is my favorite comics author, um, comic book writer. And one of the things that is, makes this run really remarkable. And it's one of the, the runs that I recommend to people, um, is just like, he knows how to do that. And it's crazy that in comics, that is not the standard, you know, he's not the only comics writer who can do this, but like, you know, these changes, Jean Grey's powers are coming back. Uh, she's like, doing phoenix stuff how does she act as a person how do her friends react mm-hmm. to it those are really 101 level questions that i have definitely read comics uh many comics where not as much time would be spent with that and it would not be as deftly handled and i feel like this is the time uh, for comics like this 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 era of comics especially like marvel uh the stuff that vertigo was doing like brian michael bendis started a lot of this like it really zoomed in on the personal lives of these heroes and like that had been like archetypes up until this point like claremont got into some of this but claremont stuff is so is so over the top and wordy it goes off into some crazy crazy areas not that grant morrison doesn't do that but like a very real moment with 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 gene or beast or whomever in this and, or, or like at the end of the first issue when Xavier pulls the gun, like that was so shocking. But so like, of course he has that, right? Like, of course yeah. the, he's going to have that to protect himself. Like just those logical conclusions to what a person that was, that was in this situation that had these kind of powers would do. And that's what makes it so, so great. Like I, that's what, right. Just, and it just, yeah. and it, and it's all very fucking speedy. Like it just, it sets up a, a premise and then it fucking runs with it. And then it takes a break for a little while. Like the whole, and I haven't finished. I don't know how far you are. Like, I think I'm about eight to 10 issues in that I read yesterday. Um, I, I, I think I've read the first two arcs. It's just so fucking good. Like, it's just so mm-hmm. great. And I can't, I think I've only gotten to the end like two or three times. And I'm so excited to get to the end of all of this stuff. The, the, um, the big difference between the Graham Morrison's writing and this take, um, because the other thing that about this, uh, this Graham Morrison run, something I've said for a long time is that like, is clearly a fan of the X-Men and each of these arcs kind of deals with a different aspect of the X-Men, right? Like there's like the, the human mutant relations. Um, there's the space stuff. There's the school stuff. There's the like days of future past style future story. There's the Magneto like apocalypse story. There's all these kind of like archetypes in it. So it's clearly a fan, you know, uh, Grant Morrison read all of Claremont stuff. Yes. Um, and in, in some ways they're similar writers in that they both have really kind of intricate puzzle boxes of plots like they're both very plotty but it doesn't seem like it's it's a question when you said it was really fast paced pace is the big difference here like uh one of claremont's things is like oh you know if the last page of this thing there'll be somebody in shadow who says like you know the x-men have gotten more than they've bargained for and then two years later we reveal that's mr sinister yeah you know that's that's kind of how he does it this is really plotty um, all of these little pieces all come together to create like a complete story with a really amazing twist, uh, which we'll get to. That's going to be a really fun moment because it's amazing, right? It's a, it's really good. Mm-hmm. All the groundwork is laid for that. All of the like, it's extremely plotty. It is a puzzle box. Like things in issue one come up in the last issue. Everything ties together, but it's just faster. It's like faster and quicker and more pleasant and less like it, it's very confident. Uh, it's a confident mystery in the way that sometimes Claremont would feel to me like he was just, you know, setting up a mystery with the idea that like, oh, someday down the road, I'll do the third Summers Brother. Exactly. And then like, it yeah. never actually happens. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be Adam X. Fuck off. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> or just, you know, like it's it's really easy as you're writing or creating something to put hooks into things 
and not actually have any of that fleshed out or built. And so like, just, oh, hey, I'm just going to drop this here. Loss is a good example. I'm going to drop this here. And then three years from now, if I need to, I can, I can reach back and put a, put a rope on that, put a plot rope on that and then bring it back if I, but you know, I don't, I don't, when I'm writing it, I don't actually have that fully fleshed out or planned. And uh, that's something that I feel like Grant Morrison in all of his work, like anything that he's writing, it feels like he is, he has the story like completely outlined in his head to some degree where he can like make those kinds of hints or bring mm-hmm. stuff in early or, or show previews or whatever that is. And like, it all works together. Like you can't put a lot of plot holes in it. And a lot, some of that maybe just because like we're in the, we're in the era of superheroes. Like we're, we're, we have fucking crazy powers. There's aliens, there's weird creatures, there's sentient sentinels. Like we're all over the fucking place. Like, so, but I, I just fucking love it. The mm-hmm. other thing yeah. that I think this series does better than a lot of X-Men and has something in common with Astonishing X-Men that, that I like that uh, Whedon's run on that. It's extremely cool. Like the very, mm-hmm. in the very first page, like we see our team of X-Men, Jean Grey and Wolverine and Cyclops and Emma Frost. And like, they're just little, little graphics, but like the one that, that sticks out the most is Emma Frost because it's just an up close of her chin, her, like the profile of her chin with like a dope jacket that you can't see, but you know, it's a dope jacket because it's Emma mm-hmm. Frost, like the neck pulled up. Like she just looks fucking cool. Jean Grey, like is using her mind to take apart a stopwatch or whatever, like, or, or like a, a antique clock or something like it looks fucking cool. All of those images are, so that's on the, it's the the little title page, the credit sequence, and all of them do a bunch of things. Like, not only are they cool, but they show off, like, the powers so you don't have to do the little explanation, right? Like, mm-hmm. Beast, you can see that he is a beast, but you also see his glasses. There's the character. Like, you see Wolverine's claws, like, there's the character. You know, at least for, for this interpretation of him, he's very straightforward. Uh, you know, Emma Frost is, like, stylish and high class here. Um, you know, you're getting, like, not only just the explanation of aesthetic but also of what the characters can kind of do um the the i used to have a big kind of collected edition of this um and ended up selling it in one of my apartment moves but the back of it had um graham morrison's pitch for this and one he you know to our earlier point he had the entire story laid out like the pitch in the back has parts that are redacted that that are the spoiler Mm -hmm. but it was clear that the entire thing was outlined uh from the start two though it's all about being cool like he wanted to get away from, you know, he was like, listen, growing in the seventies and sixties, uh, X-Men were cool. And it was true. Like Claremont's running the X-Men. This was an incredibly popular book in the seventies. It was huge. And it was like what youth culture did. Uh, and he was like, now it is this weird thing that appeals to continuity wonks. It's like to appeals to the people who were kids then, but are who are adults now. What if we tried to actually appeal to youth culture? Um, so all of that kind of like, you know, the redesign of the uniforms, the kind of just, uh, uh, everyone's aesthetic, um, is really, really, uh, that's intentional. That coolness that you're picking up on is part of the mission statement. Like we need to make the X-Men cool again. Um, get away from the, like the dominatrix leather outfits from the movies, get away from the big day glow, uh, you know, costumes from the nineties. It's a school, they should have a uniform, but it should still be stylish. Like what if these were fashion? leaders as well as you know rights leaders and 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 kind of uh you know the the intelligentsia and we should and and we should talk about like that leads us right into the design of a lot of these characters like the redesign of a lot Mm -hmm. of our like classic characters and you know frank quietly has a lot to do with that if not everything to do with that and his art style when i first started reading this was really off-putting to me like i was used to those clean lines and everybody looked kind of puffy and weird and like 
I don't even know, like, like almost like everybody was made out of cotton candy somehow. And ex- mm-hmm. I, I end up, uh, and especially coming back to it, absolutely love it. And I end up le- falling in love with Frank Quietly and other books and coming back to this and liking it a whole lot. Um, mm-hmm. But the, just, I, I think a, a good kind of thing for the season if, is like to talk about the artists as they pop up. You know, so this episode, like, it'd be a good one to talk about kind of Frank Quietly in general. And then when other people okay. fly in, maybe. Maybe um, do our little tight five on what we think of the art in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he does most, if not all, of the covers of the series. But like, uh, and all of them are really fucking amazing. But just the design of the characters, like the real thick, puffy X's that Beast and Gene and Scott have across their chest, the weird, super sexy, like Emma Frost, like inverted X, where she's only wearing clothes, mm-hmm. like the naked X across her chest, right? Yeah, like that's like flesh X. It's, it's but like it's like dope. It's like high. It's yeah. like highbrow fashion. Like fucking. I don't know. Gautier could have designed that shit for her or whatever. I don't yeah, actually yeah. do not know anything about fashion. So yeah, he's he's a, that's a musician. Okay, the, cool. Uh, the, I mean, like, oh yeah, you know, he's, he's the, the he's, he's the guy that's saying someone um, I used to know. No yeah. wait, wait, no, not that goat. I didn't say that dude. Isn't am I am I pronouncing it wrong? Am I doing a Versace thing? It, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know enough to correct you. I know I know enough to know Gautier is a, a musician, but that's all I got. I wasn't spelling uh, it like that in name. my head. Okay, Gary. <laughs> Um, the, uh, Frank Quitely is one of the, like, I understand how divisive, like, he is, and I, th- I think that the part that you were talking about, the initial resistance, is all in faces. Gautier. Uh, with the L. Ga- Gautier, okay. okay. There anyway. we go. Go ahead. Um, it's just faces. So, like, some of the faces, you know, the, the thing that's thrown around is, like, potato yes. faces. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think that people, w- I think focusing on that, um, puts you in danger of ignoring, just having in, I think, like, industry standard, like, kind of blocking like the way that scenes are composed in this. So like we, we can kind of, you know, in the, the first issue, just as an example, right. I don't know how much we're going to get into it, but the first scene where like Cyclops and Wolverine are taking out a Sentinel, like just how much motion is in that? Like the posture of Scott Summers, like how stiff that is, um, you know, how you see everything about the characters and what's happening, like just in the frame through the composition. Yep. Like really, really dynamic. Um, if you have not read it or if anyone listening, to this has not read it. I recommend everyone read we three. Oh man. We three uh, is so, so great. Wait. Yeah. It's one, one of the best comics of all time. And the, the actual, you know, first of all, there's not a lot of human faces in it. If that turns you off of Frank Quitely's art. Um, but it is just like astonishing. Like it, it is a, a, you know, a cannonball of like just a, a really striking art. Um, just really really incredible so i think his the big thing that he does that i think is really noteworthy even if his faces aren't to your taste are postures um are capturing scenes and unusual moments like a lot of times characters will be mid-air in a way that like is just really uh, to me very appealing i'll call it those examples like when we run into them um but yeah i think that his uh his his layout work yes is the most noteworthy thing absolutely and i that you know i think that the I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying like, Hey, I don't like this art. Uh, but oh, like, totally. but to me, like it, it I, I grew to love it over time and like, we'll follow that dude around. Like I would, I just, you know, just to see what he's doing nowadays. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not saying anyone, it has to be anyone's taste. I'm just saying, take a look at the layouts. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're just like, he is a bad artist. Like I, I imagine it's faces that you're mostly having a problem with. Cause I understand that even though I've come to like them. Um, you reminds a lot of Steve Dillon. Who's the, the guy who did, um, preacher, and, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Same kind of. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, his his faces are very similar to each other, but they're also very good at expression, expression, uh, expressions, being very expressive, uh, and they're both really good at blocking. Uh, and those are those are skills that are like you know also skills. The comic art, it's not just being able to make kind of pinups. Yeah, you know. So, 
Um, yeah, should we, uh, what else do we have to say about the series in general for this intro issue? If we're going to do this, I, uh, short, I, short forums, I don't, um, I don't, I don't really know. I think that's probably it for me. Uh, I, you know, again, just really like the series looking forward to get into it issue by issue. Uh, it does go some like mind bending places. It's also, mm-hmm. I think, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not a scholar on X-Men or even Marvel comics in general. Like I've read a lot of them, but I'm not going to even put it myself out there as like some dude that knows everything about it because like the internet is full of nerds. But, uh, Mm -hmm. this feels like a lot grosser of an X-Men superhero series than I'm used to. Uh, like Mm. there's characters that throw up like in the first few pages, like it feels a lot more visceral. There's like, especially with some of the mutants that we get into and especially with the, um, um, the E, the, uh, human, like, Mm -hmm chopping off parts and like it's it's, it's feels dark. it feels a lot more body horror than I, we usually see in the x-men series i think uh yeah and that's something yeah. that i think directly appeals to me like i like body horror in general like i like that stuff so like this mm-hmm. this just is like a combination of things that i just really really like and didn't even know that you could do it like i remember reading this and going i didn't know you could do that like you can just you can yeah, just take yeah. th- this and that and put it together and make it better like that's crazy it's a little it's, it's part of the whole thing being a little bit more mature you know, and not mature in terms of like Marvel Knights, you know, Punisher cum shots, like more, just, just more <laughs> mature in terms of like, just kind of a, a more kind of adult, uh, storytelling. Um, we should discuss, uh, spoilers, like, cause I imagine some people are going to read along with us at, and I'm torn between not spoiling things and wanting to point out every single bit of clever foreshadowing that happens in this because there's so much of it. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know where either. Cause, uh, <laughs> I, I I hate to be the I don't I, I despise like no spoiler policies like I I don't like yeah. I, I hate to be the person that's like well spoiler like I hate saying the word spoiler out loud nowadays yeah um, we can we can stop saying it now but uh, give me the last time we say it <laughs> but I think um I because I've read this before I think most mm-hmm. people are aren't going to read along with the show like I think we've talked about uh you know releasing these in a weekly fashion and this being the intro like we could just tell them like go after it like read the whole fucking yeah. thing as much as you want to and like let's just have the conversation if you've read further than me like I don't I'm not going to care if you tell me stuff that happens in the 20th issue versus the first issue like I would that's yes. just going to make me appreciate the 20th issue more so look forward to it so yeah. so for so, me yeah. let's just fucking talk about everything everything's on the table but if if we're doing this up this uh this once a week or once every two weeks, you will have plenty of time to get ahead. Yeah. Um. You know, don't don't save it. Do it like bonfire side chat. Like read it. You know, read the go through the whole thing and then kind Come of back. check yeah. in with us. You know, and, or just know that we're gonna talk. We're gonna have spoilers in it. And and like just um, realize like a lot of this stuff that's quote unquote spoilers. There's only a couple of big twists. I think. And yeah, any of those I don't I don't think knowing. Yeah this stuff that's going to happen with the villain is going to negatively affect your enjoyment of the story up to that. Like the, the, the face mask pool, like at the end of Scooby-Doo oh. isn't the reason that you watch Scooby-Doo, right? Like that's not the thing. No, 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 no. But I, I also, as somebody who was like reading the comics along with that, I would not want that spoiled for me because it was a pretty great moment. Oh, maybe it's maybe, yeah, um, maybe that could be different. Like if you're reading it a trade, like I just kind of expect. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So just, so just, just uh, read ahead. We're not going to spoil anything. This uh, issue or this episode of uh, the podcast, but go ahead and just, just read the, the comic. It doesn't take too long. Uh, it's good. Um, and we will be calling out foreshadowing. We won't be like discussing the ending in detail, but we are going to have spoilers. So, and we're not going to disclaim that every single episode, just know going into it yeah. that this is a Frank discussion of Frank quietly, quietly. <laughs> it's a, this, is, this, is, this is quite a quite Frank discussion of Frank quietly and Grant Morrison's new act. 
um yeah that's going to be our intro and then we will uh, next episode we're going to get into it issue by issue yes starting with 114 uh the beginning of the e is for extinction arc you should um if you're looking for this at marvel unlimited you should know that they sort everything by the literal first level letter of a comic book so don't go mm-hmm. to x-men comma new go to new yep. x-men and there's two of them and you want the one that's in 2001 but it'll start you off with uh x-men 114 which is where you need to be um alternatively uh, you can just do grant morrison yeah, on there that's also true uh, mm-hmm. Yep, uh, which will allow you to get the uh, the annual uh, in there, which is kind of sequence weird. And then also, while you're there, why not read Marvel Boy? And Marvel Boy is pretty good. Marvel, <laughs> sure, let's get into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also, before we end this, I just want to say uh, thank you to everybody that, uh, number one, recommended runs and stuff for us to cover. That's super appreciated. Oh, yeah. I've already gotten some enjo- a lot of enjoyment out of that th- those recommendations, so thank you. But number two, also, we're like showed a lot of support for us, like abandoning X-Men Evolution and going into this. Like, even people that had good memories of evolution were like yeah i i could tell like you guys you guys yeah. were not having fun like this sounds way more exciting i can't wait to get back into comics with y'all that's so gratifying to hear it's so humbling so just thank you to everyone that has reached out with those kind of comments yeah absolutely like we really appreciate you guys your patience and also your appreciation or we appreciate your your patience while we figure out the format exactly yes because we're still we're still figuring it out so there might be some some bugs to hammer out but we're excited and hopefully that comes through in the episodes and we're excited that you're excited and it's going to be really fun. And if you want to support the show directly, patreon.com slash duck TV is the place to go. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the way that this is going to work and just, you know, until the end of this recording session, it's not a hundred percent nailed down, but I think I will uh, probably put these up in an everything to guppy fashion for patrons, like the week before they come mm-hmm. out publicly. So if you want to get a whole grouping of us of a, of a week or a session at once, like that's the place to go to do that. Um, and you can also mm-hmm. like get cool other stuff like access to the Slack channel and episodes of other podcasts early and you can tell gary and cole to play stuff which is always a fun time yeah absolutely yeah so we'll see you uh soon thank you everybody thanks